1: the coaching show with your host master certified coach christopher mccullough (laughs) thank you dick warren uh that's uh uh, and welcome to the coaching show today's show is going to be it's going to be filled with lightness humor and depth just the way you like it and uh i'm delighted to welcome back to our in studio guest co-host that would be clarice connolly say hello to the people
0: Hey, how's it going? I am Clarice Connolly. I am a women's empowerment coach and I live in San Diego and work with women across the United States and the world. I work with women who are feeling stressed out about life, who are frustrated with how it's going, who are continually, you know, beating themselves up and just putting themselves last on the list of priorities and just really pouring back into them as they pour into others. So
1: do those Would those women actually hire a coach, or would they just think that that was too extravagant?
0: Um, you know, it seemed to be going... I think when they're given the opportunity to change how it goes, it kind of feels like this, oh my gosh, there's an option for something different that exists.
1: Got it, a little possibility, actually.
0: Mm-hmm, like absolutely. It.
1: Okay, so how do people find you?
0: On, Where do we go? What do we do? <laughs> we go on the internet, and uh, you can find me at and Coach.
1: Thanks. Heartandsoul.coach. I like that. That's, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit envious that you got that one. I just, uh, went to get, uh, me and the coaching show.coach because I'm copying you. Uh, okay. What do we got to talk about? We have to, a lot to talk about. Here's the thing. I don't know about you. I think I kind of do, but I don't really know about you. And uh, I have some desire to make my voice heard in this turbulent political climate we find ourselves in these days. So I will shout out to our delightful and beloved sponsors in a moment. But I want to let you know about something that I've been doing. So first of all, I've been going for long walks in the morning. Awesome thing to do, by the Mm -hmm. way. You should do that. You look skeptical. I'm so nervous
0: about this conversation.
1: No, no, no. It's good. But here's what I do. Here's what I do in the morning. I have a text... From some place called 228466. It's called Daily Action. And uh, what you do two two eight four six six, and every day they tell me something I can do in a progressive way to make a difference, right? So you text join to it, and then every day you get a text, right? And it's like uh, contact uh, Paul Ryan about the A C H A, you know, or contact the uh, House ju- Judiciary Committee about Jeff Sessions stuff like that, right? And then again, if you are of a like mind of a progressive mindset, um, you can also get this app that I love called Five Calls. It's a numeral. The Numeral five calls, and here's what happens: I go on my walk, and even though I'm out of breath and you know crawling on my hands and knees up and down the hills of my neighborhood, I uh, I'm making calls and I'm getting my opinion expressed, and I'm talking to people you know in Washington D.C. and stuff like that. So I highly recommend it. Of course, there are a million things. Right? There's a march coming up. There's lots of stuff. But if you're of a progressive mindset, if you're in North America or the United States of America, and uh, want to have your progressive voice heard, go check out those places. If you're on the other side of the street, I don't know, go get your own damn uh, uh, resources, but these are the ones (laughs) that I know of. All right. Let's talk about our uh, delightful and blessed and beloved um, sponsors and partners. We're delighted to be in our fourth, can you believe it? Fourth year of media partnership with the International Coach Federation. Um, Our partnership gives us the welcome opportunity to support the fine work of the folks involved at the association. The International Coach Federation, also known as the ICF, Is the leading global organization dedicated to advancing the coaching profession by setting high standards, providing independent certification, and building a worldwide network of trained coaching professionals, you know, like us?
0: Yeah, it's actually also the world's largest organization of professionally trained coaches. So it does, adjoining ICF elicits instant credibility for its members. Mm -hmm, Like us. Yeah, it also is committed to connecting professional coaches with the tools and the resources that they need. To succeed. And it really actually keeps you up to date on the latest news and, you know, really just hopping online Mm -hmm. and getting on coachfederation.org will offer you that option. And you can also follow them on Twitter at at ICFHQ.
1: That always gets you, that at, at.
0: Yeah, at ICFHQ. Yeah, so
1: that's the Twitter handle, yep. or you can go to coachfederation.org. Dot org. We're also delighted to have an ICF representative on our show each and every month, and uh, we learn a lot about what's happening in coaching and what's mm-hmm. available. <gasps> also, just check out that website, because it is huge treasure trove of information. plethora <laughs> That's French. No, it's not. Uh, okay, uh, I also want to shout out to our longtime sponsor of this program, Accomplishment Coaching. Look, if you, like me, are looking for the world's finest coach training program. You don't want to mess around. You don't want to like do seven different programs, but you mm-hmm. want the program, one program, not a hundred, not 17 modules, one program that's going to take you from zero to an extraordinary powerhouse coach working with whomever you want to work with. Check out accomplishment coaching. When I went to look for training, I was like, where's the Harvard? Where's the Oxford? You know, where's the Stanford of coaching? Couldn't find it. This is the place, Accomplishment Coaching. You can check them out at AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Here's where, first of all, they do that thing that I love that I tell you about every time where they allow people to come in and observe the coach training process. So it's not like a black box anymore. It's not Mm -hmm. a mystery. It's not like, well, pay your money and find out what we talk about. No, you can go and you can sit in and watch the thing and decide if it's for you or not or if you like what they're up to or not. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Let's see if we can name all the cities where they they have the coaches That's training program. Room. All right. Ready? San Diego.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Seattle, Washington.
0: hmm
1: Victoria, B.C. and Canada.
0: That's so exciting.
1: Nice. Chicago, Illinois. New York City and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. How much does Washington, D.C. need co- coaching right now? Just a bit. <laughs> a little leadership would be great. All right, is that have we said everything? Is there yep. anything you want to announce? Anything you're here to? I'm
0: just tell really us? excited to get this guest on the. Okay, Please well, choose. let's do it. Let's oh, do goodness. It.
1: Tell us all about Karen.
0: Karen is a an international speaker. She's a successful author and neurohumorist.
1: Uh, is that a thing?
0: I can't wait to hear all about it.
1: Neurohumorist, uh-huh. okay.
0: A pioneer in her field, Karen shows leaders and sales professionals how improv Improv. To improve resilience, I can't actually read, to build influence Improv. and boost engagement. From the Mayo Clinic to the Million Dollar Roundtable, companies hire Karen to educate, inspire, and entertain their audience again and again. If writing burned calories, Karen would be size two. She's written for numerous peer reviewed journals, and she's the author of eight books. All right, let yeah, loves let's,
1: her. Let's get to it because she's extraordinary. You can find her on the web at karenbuxman.com. That's K-A-R-Y-N-B-U-X-M-A-N.com. Let's go. Hi, Karen. Guys. That's us.
2: You there? <laughs> yes. yes. Can you hear me? Can you hear me ah, now? I can hear you.
1: All right. Karen Buxman, uh, look around outside. Where do you find yourself today?
2: I find myself in beautiful downtown San Diego. Oh,
1: you should be here. Drive over here and let's talk in person. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, welcome. Yes, America's Finest City or used to be America's Finest City. We're not sure. Um, tell us what is a neurohumorist.
2: <laughs> I love and it. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. It's just I, I, I am self-proclaimed. And ah. uh, I, I am a neurohumorist because for the last 25 years... I have devoted my life's work um, living at the intersection of humor and the brain. I love making people laugh, and I love studying the brain, but most of all, I love sharing with people like yourself and your listeners the amazing, powerful benefits that humor has, both in your professional and your personal life. It just It's stunning. I started my my work back in uh, in my master's program during graduate school and I was researching um, the effect of humor on health and communication and was just blown away by my findings that was that was back in the late 80s and there was not being much done on it at the time people had heard of norman cousins and they knew something about this guy who cured himself from something called ankylosing spondylitis by watching candid camera films and and you know he he was really the person who kind of um Issued in, brought in the the field of psychoneuroimmunology, which is spelled just
1: like it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> psychoneuroimmunology, I got that. Psychoneuroimmunology, I, I could totally ace that on the B. Um, okay, so it's a thing. You're actually a thing. suggesting that. Uh, first thing, let's go back a step because you know I'm a slow learner. <laughs> the intersection of humor and the brain. So yeah. we all know that there's a huge explosion in brain science over the last 10 yeah. years. What are we yeah. learning? How, can, how, how is humor in the brain? Is what, what I find funny, what other people find funny? And how come I enjoy those horrible, horrible teen comedies where somebody always is like naked in an inappropriate way?
2: Oh my gosh. There are so many wonderful things about the brain and one of the things that we know now because of the technology that we have is that humor is a whole brain activity. Um, it engages the the prefrontal cortex which is processing the cognitive portion of humor which is wit. It engages the limbic system which is the emotional component or, or mirth. It, it engages the occipital lobe which generates laughter. So it's a whole brain activity and then one of the most exciting things has come about just in the last couple of years. Again, because of our technology being um, digital now rather than analog, but uh, one of my good friends and colleagues, who's the the leading psychoneuroimmunologist in the world who studies humor, did a study recently up at Loma Linda, and they discovered that um, during um, people who were experiencing humor that they had, uh, that their brain, humor was generating gamma waves across their entire brain. And the kinds of patterns that we're seeing, these are the equivalent of people who experience deep meditation or deep Mm. mindfulness. Mm. And so this, you know, the benefits of this are like being more focused, being in the zone, being more creative. And so those are some of just, you know, a few of the benefits on that side, you know, then of course, the neurotransmitters, um, affect other parts of the brain. They, they release oxytocin, which becomes okay. dopamine, which is the feel good, you know, and then they're the, all of the physiological responses, the decreasing cortisol, which of course is kind of the the you know really bad juju in the body that we know these days and all of the wonderful good things that it can do in terms of the musculoskeletal system the immune system the sympathetic nervous system
1: and so wait i can get in better shape with this hold on now you've got my attention
2: (laughs) (laughs) so there's so many wonderful things that we are understanding now and and the more we understand the more we realize that all of this just you know it, it occurs first in the brain. And then it trickles down uh, at at lightning speed, but it trickles to all of the other parts of the body. And one of the things that we recognize now is that, you know, for instance, in terms of, of resilience, all of the negative effects of stress that we experience, whether it's physiologically, psychologically, socially, you know, humor has been shown to offset these negative effects. And so we have such a powerful tool at our fingertips, And one of the issues I see is that everybody knows the humor is good for them, but they're not tapping into the power that's in their very, at their very fingertips. They're just, they're taking it for granted. And they could harness this skill, which would set them apart from their competition, if they learned how to master this, because most people use humor by chance, and humor by chance is a wonderful thing, but it's entertainment.
0: Mm. Humor well, by
2: choice, on the other hand, is this is this can be a tool or a weapon.
1: Yes. Now that's the thing I want to talk about because uh, I I definitely want to get back to the psychoneuroimmunology, but I definitely <laughs> like we've all been. And I've been guilty of this probably today, probably with you right here on this show. Um, we've all been guilty of like using humor as a weapon. I'm certainly, you know, it's easier for me to say funny things about uh, things and people that I'm angry at, like a president, um, mm-hmm. you know, than it is to like plead my case where somebody may then make fun of me. So let's talk about sort of the dark side of humor. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: Oh, I love the dark side of humor. <laughs> My background was nursing, you know, and so it doesn't get much darker than that. Right, and you guys... Funny, we just talk body fluids, death, and dismemberment. That's right, and you guys actually <laughs>
1: do that to get through the day, right? How do you deal Except, with all that tragedy and pain without making right. fun, right?
2: Right, well, you know, and and here's something that's that may be enlightening for a few, and that is that as children, most of our humor and laughter comes from joy and delight. Right. But by the time we get to be adults most of our humor is more of a relief. And so the majority of our humor comes from pain and discomfort, whether it's ours hmm, or mm-hmm, somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And so the closer you are to tragedy or death, the darker your humor becomes. And, you know, right now there's a lot of folks who see what's going on in the country as as a tragedy or at least something that feels like it's out of their control or something mm-hmm. that's negative. And so we often then use humor that is darker so it is, it is a way to regain control. It is a, mm-hmm. it's a way to relieve anxiety, to relieve stress. And so I encourage people to use dark humor. I love dark humor. That being said, there are some guidelines, and, and I would love to share those with you. We're ready. Awesome. And if, if you want to avoid landmines, I have found over, over my 25 years of doing this work that when somebody steps in it, or when something blows up, because people will say, oh, I, you know, I can't use humor because it didn't work for me. Yeah. There's one of four things that's going on. And I use um, the acronym BEST, Best Practices in Humor. So B is bond. And this one is the biggest one, because we think our relationship and rapport with people is different than what it really is. Is as, as people who are listening here in terms of coaches. They're aware that the most common um, mistake that we make is that you're like me, or you're more like me than what you really are. We assume that, and so we assume that they're going to find funny what we find funny. <laughs> and this is not always the case, <laughs> you know. So you really need to understand that if, if, if it's somebody that you have known or worked with, uh, you know, for for years and years and years, and you say something that's offensive to them, they'll get over it. But if it's a new client or a customer or somebody that you've just met in a coffee shop and you Mm -hmm. put your foot in it, you know, you're going to destroy that relationship. So think about bond and and your relationship and rapport. E is environment. And that's anyone who can see, hear, or experience your humor, whether they were the intended audience or not. You know, and this comes into play sometimes, um, not only in the work setting, maybe somebody overhears you or you you know, posted something in the break room that was funny to to the, the people in the office, but then somebody who was a visitor got lost, stumbled in, and saw it, and it was inappropriate. Yep. Now what we're seeing, though, that's a real problem is social media. I talked with one young woman who was devastated. She was in Chicago, and she had posted some humor, some dark humor, on her Facebook page. Now, she was aware that the people who were connected to her on Facebook were in her circle, So she got that part right. Mm. Those folks were okay. What she didn't anticipate was that one of those folks would then forward it to their page. To
1: everybody, right, yeah.
2: And on their page, and of course it still says her name, and on on this other person's page, her boss was connected. And when the boss saw it, they said, this is not in alignment with our company philosophy, boom, you're gone. Mm. So make sure that you are okay with your humor you know, that it's like if somebody else sees it, I'm okay with it. You know, it, it's your decision. I'm not saying you can't do it, but be aware of the consequences.
1: So, bond,
2: yeah. environment,
1: okay. safety. Are you okay? Yeah, you're fine. Safety, okay. I'm with so
2: you. Safety. Sometimes I is,
1: like to make noises, I'm sorry. Oh, ahead.
2: that's okay. <laughs> pull my finger, pull my finger, <laughs> finally. Um, so, safety is um, can anyone be hurt either physically or emotionally? Because, you know, there's all sorts of different kinds of office pranks and practical jokes. And I I love practical jokes. You know, can somebody get hurt? If so, rethink that one. But the other one that I've been brought in to talk about more and more and more into companies is bullying. Because you can bully somebody with humor. You know, and here's a clue. When somebody, you know, zaps you with some kind of humor, usually sarcasm, and then they say, oh, what's wrong? Can't you take a joke? Mm-hmm. That's usually an indication that they know that they're bullying, and, and so they're trying, they're purposely using humor as a weapon to belittle. And so you, again, you want to steer away from that. So, bond, environment, safety, and the last is timing, because as I just mentioned a minute ago, most of our adult humor comes from pain. Right. When do we find it funny? When we can emotionally detach. Now, some of us can do that right away. You know, you just, you just found that your zipper was in the down position after you gave this wonderful presentation, and you're like, ah, right. there you go. Well, at least I was wearing clean underwear. But for some, it might take hours, it might take days, it might take weeks, or if it's too traumatic, they may never see the humor in the situation. But if you take into account those four Bond, environment, safety, timing. I guarantee you 99% of your humor will be bulletproof. The other 1% we can't control because as you both know, there's always people who bring their own agenda Mm -hmm. and you could be so careful and you could try so hard not to offend them. And, and it won't matter. Let's, let's. Because talk. they're going to find a way to twist and turn it and make it something that it wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's talk about uh, recovery. I think we've all had the joke that went wrong or that, <laughs> that was taken poorly, right? I, um, I think I've told this story on, on here before, but one of my famous ones was that at one point I ran hospitals and healthcare systems. And so I was meeting, a uh, big meeting with these vendors, right, who were trying to sell me stuff. So I was already feeling very full of myself. And, uh, Beautiful woman comes in from their side. I hadn't met her before. And we're talking, and I'm sort of, you know, I was single, and I was sort of trying to strike up a little, uh, you know, rapport. And I said, oh, that's a beautiful ring you're wearing. Uh, it was not a wedding ring uh, that I could tell, a big ruby or something. And I said, uh, what'd you have to do, uh, kill a guy to get that? Or, <laughs> And I think that's hilarious, right? I think we're enjoying some nice banter. And she looked at me and said, well, sort of. And I said, what? She said, sort of. I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "My husband gave it to me right before he died." Oh, oh right. Yeah. I am. I am just like under the table. I am smallest thing that you have ever seen. I am looking to. Where is my time machine? Right. <laughs> what about recovery from something like that? Do you have any tips for people who have made the wrong joke or you know? I it
2: didn't go absolutely away? do. Oh my gosh, and and bless you for bringing this up. Um, I teach my my clients uh, a process called planned spontaneity and what that is is just for these kinds of occasions you have some saver lines in your back pocket um mm. now first of all you have to decide whether or not you know is the most re- appropriate response in this case humor but you know that's a call, and I would you know, I would say most of the time, yes. But having things in your pocket, you know, the one that came to mind because I was riffing through a bunch as you were going through those, and it was like, would this one work? Would this one work? Would this one work? Nice. Um, you know, there's, you know, saver lines like, oh, some of these I do just for me. Or that's the last time I buy a joke from Clarice. Nice. But the one <laughs> that um, that came to mind was one that I would borrow from a politician. This was a case um, when um, it was a President well, it was it was Bush, um, Senior, and this was when he was um, vice president. Or, uh-huh. Yeah, vice president, and he was he was campaigning for um, office of the president, and he was going around and he was talking at expensive dinners where everybody was paying a in bucks to be able to attend, and he gets up in front of the group and he's talking about his relationship with the president, and he says to the group, "We've had triumphs, we've had tragedies." We've had sex. Now he meant to say setbacks. And after the roar of laughter died down, planned spontaneity. He pulls the line out of his pocket and says, "You know, I feel like the javelin thrower who just won the toss and elected to receive." (laughs) That's the one that I would have pulled out um, when she came up with that response. You know, and it's just so. You know, people will say, "Oh, but I'm not that funny, and I don't have, you know, I don't know how to come up with funny lines." Borrow them, borrow them. You know, I I borrowed that line when I got up and made a huge faux pas um, in front of an audience. You know, and I turned instead of saying "suck the fun," I got my my consonants reversed. You know, it was like, okay, you know, let's. You know, I feel like the javelin thrower who just won the. So borrow from comedians, borrow from politicians. They're both very witty, but they both also have amazing writers. And then, as you hear other kinds of responses, borrow them and start making them your own let's
1: um let's talk i I, I appreciate what you're saying, and I want to move quickly because our time is flying by. I know that you've got a mission to heal the world through laughter what's the uh, tell us more about that
2: yeah. You know, this, my work started out, you know, on a smaller scale. I was, I was teaching at a college and then I started speaking to, to local groups and companies about my findings and then national groups, uh, and, and companies. I now have the privilege of speaking around the planet, which is wonderful. Um, and I also want to, work at an even larger scale, which is why we're launching um, an online program in April, which is National Humor Month, by the way. April? Oh, perfect! Yeah. So, so yes. definitely take that opportunity to practice, that- practice, practice, practice humor. But again, because of the benefits on a physiological, psychological, social basis, um, I see that humor has the power not only to, to transform individuals, but I think it has the ability to transform the planet. Because if people were all using positive, constructive humor, it would be influencing relationships. It would be influencing rapport. It could do this at a global level. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking and presenting a TED Talk um, here in San Diego in April, right. and the, and the TED Talk is about how humor saved the world from the global level to the subcellular, Which because is... we've had instances where humor has saved the planet already. Um, like during the Cuban Missile Crisis, when um, we were deadlocked and the clock, the nuclear clock is ticking towards zero, and, you know, just when it looks like, okay, this group of grumpy um, delegates is going to put their finger on the button, one of the Soviet ambassadors cracked a joke.
1: Nice.
2: And he said, what's the difference between capitalism and communism? In capitalism, man exploits man. In communism, it's the other way around. (laughs) The entire group laughed. Tension broke talks resumed, and as you can see, we didn't blow up the planet. Great. So I think that our, right now, more than ever, our our world is in incredible need of this tool. And it's not the only tool that we have at our fingertips, but it's one that everybody's overlooking.
1: Indeed. We but, need to we need to make sure that we get our plugs in for your book and some of the work that you're doing. So uh, your book is Lead with Levity, Strategic yeah. Humor for Leaders. It's available yeah. on Amazon and Kindle. It's 30 Lessons on Humor. And then in April, you've got a new online program. Tell about that, quickly?
2: Yes, this program is, is the first phase of this program is going to be about humor and resilience, and it's going to be a five-week program on how people can use this, again, strategically to to build their own resilience, and then help share it with others so that they can build theirs. So I think it would be a great tool for for those who are listening.
1: Indeed. So that online program and the book, Lead with Levity, and everything else that you're up to are available at your website, which is Karen, K-A-R-Y-N, Buxman, b u x m a n dot Karen, thank you so much for being with us. You're also very generous. You've got a free ebook of quotations. Uh, pick a number between one and ten. Seven,
2: lucky seven.
1: Great. So our seventh email at producer at the dot We'll get that. Karen Buxman, thank you so much for being with us, and thanks for your work in the world as a neurohumorist. We'll be Looking right. We'll... Thanks. We'll be right back with more of the coaching show. Stay with us. Hi, Mary. Our growth has me looking for new furniture, but I can't find the right vendor. Can you help? For sure. Do you know a company that will give me a great value? For sure. Do you know a company that provides great selection? For sure. Do you know a company that is professional and responsive? For
2: sure. It's sure. Shore Office Warehouse has been providing great value, service, and selection for over 40 years. It's sure. For sure. ShoreOfficeWarehouse.com